0: may have heard of us okay welcome loyal citizens of delane it's nice to have you here i got ben is over at my house doing our first in-person recording it no we did first law here yeah we've yeah. done first law. yeah that was that seems like a while ago that was one of our first episodes but our second episode here and it's just the it's the first time just ben and i have been on the podcast together, yeah. And so, if you are having a hard time telling our voices apart, then watch YouTube. Yep, Ben has the beard. It's a good yep. way to remember it. I might try and go through and post and maybe raise Ben's voice a few decimal points so that so you're overcompensating. I, I sound now. a little bit manlier, but we are here to talk about Eyes of the Dragon by Stephen King. We're going to start with a non-spoiler section because this is one of the smaller books. I'd say maybe not in general, because I know it's probably bigger, bigger one came out, but uh, in terms of like our audience, I don't think a lot of people have probably read this one. I had never heard of this book. We had some people on discord recommend that we do a little read along with it and sparked my interest. And so we had a good time doing that read along and so now it's time to do the episode. And speaking of discord, uh, if you are not on there, you should join. We have a lot of really good conversations. We take input from our discord community really seriously And you can see that they got us to this read along. And so jump on Discord and, um, and uh, along with follow us on all of our social media. And we recently got into TikTok. We did. So I I have taken on that burden. And it is a burden. I severely underestimated the stress that creating TikToks induces. So, and be patient with us because we are, you know, new to all forms of media, but especially TikTok. I had never had the app before Fantology got it. I had never seen... I mean, I'd seen TikToks from, like, people sharing it and stuff, but... Yeah. Um, Just a little bit more about Eyes of the Dragon. It's the 23rd book published by Stephen King. It's the 19th novel under his own name. Or, 19th novel, 14th, written under his own name. I'm quoting all of this from fandom, um, so I might be wrong, but that's what this is saying. And it was released on the February 2nd, 1987. Yeah. So... I don't, I mean, how many, how many books has King published now? Oh, like hundreds? Is it hundreds? No, it's not hundreds. Should we ask Google? Hey, Google, how many books has Stephen King published? Okay. 62 novels and 200 short stories. To summarize what Google said. So this is one third. This is like his third way. Yeah. 20 out of 30. 20 out of 60. What am I saying? So anyway, um, that's a little bit of background behind the book And it's really his first dip into like epic fantasy, I would say. Well, maybe this isn't what you would call epic fantasy, but into like traditional fantasy, um, not his like kind of horror with some fantastical elements. This is like a full what you would typically think of fantasy. Yeah, so this is actually my first Stephen King book. And so I, I know that this is a huge blind spot for me, but where does this rate from what you've read? Because you've read, you know, a yeah. decent amount. Yeah. So in terms of enjoyability, in terms of how it compares or what? what like, yeah, I guess like if I like, should I take this as a strong piece, a strong entry for Stephen King? So it's a very different entry. Um, I think that it was strong in some things. Like, I think that this actually has better, like a better plot almost than a lot of Stephen King books have. Wait, this has a better plot? Well that does not induce it, confidence. It, okay, so it has it has more of a rigid like plot arcs that it follows. I see. So there's like definitely a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would hope that that happens in most stories. Yeah, but I don't know. In King's some of his books, like they just end. You know? Like they don't know actually. That's well, why I'm okay. You. Well, I mean I assume that most books have an end th- there are conclusions to his books. Except for Wheel of Time. <laughs> there are conclusions to his books. And they have endings, but this is more of a cathartic ending, not just like spoil it. Anyway. Okay, fair. So it's, it's a more traditional plot structure. So everybody else talks about how great characters are for Stephen King. And even on the real long, people were talking about how great characters were. I didn't see that for this book. I thought most of the characters were pretty generic. Most of them felt like they were just cookie-cutter characters. So if that's the well, case... Then... So, okay, well... Stephen King played with a lot of tropes in this book, with a lot of like traditional fantasy tropes. He had like some good guys only with a twist, some bad guys only with a twist. Really though, I it. didn't really see twists though. Well, we'll there's talk about good, there are good guys and bad guys in this book. No, and a medium person. We'll, we'll talk about that in spoilers. But I mean, there's this was more tropey than a lot of his books. I wouldn't say that this is his best character work by a long stretch. I think that like it has some of his best character work and dark tower has some of his best oh, I don't dude know, any, i heard a funny it. joke about you want to hear this joke it's a dad joke okay i was in a room and stephen king books were being thrown around and then it hit me that's a bad that's a bad joke that's a good one it's a bad joke uh, <laughs> it's great <laughs> um uh yeah um i don't know if it's his best character work i think that i think that his voice like you can definitely tell it was a stephen king book by how author, authorial yeah voice came through does that do you get that no so by authorial authorial voice i think that you're saying that like this is stephen king inserting his own perspective or maybe his like the way that he wants you to view the world like, that's it's him inserting himself into the dialogue. Is that what you're N- kind of, meaning there? Kind of, but also just his way of he has a definite way of making you feel like you are along for the ride. Like, mm-hmm. he'll spoil kind of something that's going to happen in like a few chapters. Yeah. And, and he will kind of leave things up to you to decide and determine and like tell you he's doing that. Just the way that he, as an author, interacts with you as a reader, like, throughout the book. Yeah, so it kind of breaks the fourth wall a little bit, but it's done in a very intentional way. Yeah, I have heard that. I have heard that. Yeah, okay, so that's fair. So it's maybe this book has a lot of Stephen King-isms in it, but also it plays much more into tropes, and it's kind of one of his few forays into, like, traditional fantasy. Okay, so... I, I will say I'm excited to read other Stephen King books. Like this book didn't turn me off, but like if this was like peak Stephen King, then I'll be no. Like, this what's is the hype. This is not peak okay. Stephen King. Pe- I mean, ch- talk to us on Discord about what you guys think peak Stephen King is. I think my, I think Dark Tower has been my favorite Stephen King, along with probably The Shining or it would be my other two favorites. Okay, or and Pet Cemetery has just like stuck with me because I have a toddler who like runs around. Whoa, don't whoa yeah. No, no it's spoilers. Not, don't spoil that okay well is it spoilers to say what universe (laughs) this book is in so okay yeah so this setting yeah it might be spoilers but not really so stephen king has a lot of different like worlds and all of his books are connected throughout like a multiverse and so the king in this book is named roland and if you have heard anything about the dark tower the main character in that book is named roland oh really yeah yeah, wait, it's what? The, it's not the same Roland. Oh, but it's but it's like a, maybe a descendant. It's like or a something. descendant, yeah. And so, uh, according to like people on Discord, and according to my little bit of like Reddit reading I did, but it's definitely in like the mid mid world in which um, a lot of the Dark Tower series takes Whoa. place. So, this is... so, from what I understand of Stephen King's connected universe, is like if you're to compare it to the Cosmere, it's not like as cohesive as the cosmere but like no. it's it's still present like it still influences the it's, characters and plots and books a little bit it's still definitely present like flag from this book is like a main the main antagonist in uh the stand whoa did you not pick up on that i know you watched the show yeah i watched it i don't know man there's his name is flag in both of them <laughs> it's been a while since i've seen the show i came out it's the end of the year. It, it was on the CBS app, and now it's the Paramount Plus app, and I haven't taken the time to download the new one. Okay. <sighs> anyway, yes. So, uh, Flag, and then he's also in the Dark Tower series. So, okay. Well, so there's just like this agent of chaos that just. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Okay. And I... there,
0: there's a few other like bad, big, big bad guys that keep showing up throughout Stephen King books, as well as a few other like heroes that keep showing up. For example, well, we'll talk about more about that in like spoilers because I don't want to spoil character arcs from this book. Yeah. Okay. So, like to finish up the non-spoiler se- spoiler section, we want to talk like how good was the world building compared to other books, and then kind of give it like a rating out of ten. So I thought that the world building was kind of flat, and then with like moments that had extreme depth where you like felt like you were part of the world, but for the most part it felt like you were kind of contained to seeing the world through a few characters' eyes. Yeah, that's fair. Like definitely the world was kind of the castle in a lot of ways. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But then again, the story just revolved around the castle too. So I didn't feel like they, like it would have been weird. had they suddenly started talking about like politics that were involved in like some foreign land, you know? So I thought that was fine. There's nothing special there, but it definitely felt like I, could roam around the castle or the the dungeon or whatever you know nice and then characters i thought that the characters were a highlight didn't sound like you liked them very much yeah i mean I, yeah we'll talk about that during spoilers uh i thought they were very one-dimensional each character kind of had a set thing that they wanted to fulfill so overall what are you saying so thinking? i would say overall a seven out of ten okay i'm going a six out of ten uh, again, like I I think that this is a book that I'm going to forget about in a year from now. Like if you're going to ask me a year from now, what was the main character's name? I'm not going to remember it was Peter. You know what I mean? Like just, and I'm not going to really care about Peter. So six out of 10 for me. Okay. All right. Well, um, if you disagree with that <laughs> uh, and you have re- read it, then keep listening. But if you disagree with it and have not read it, then go read it so you can fight Ben or I about it. Yep. So moving on to the spoiler section. Let's talk about the beginning of the book. This I think that the beginning of the book was the weakest part for me. What do you think? Yeah, there's like a lot of exposition, right? Like here's this character, and here's the king, and he defeats a dragon, and here's his two sons, and one of them's good, one of them's not good, but also not bad telling and not showing you know what i mean a lot of telling about yeah and i thought that there was a lot of setup with like flag hating their mother for like really not a lot of reason that we could see besides the fact that she was kind of getting in the way of her influence over king roland she was a strong independent woman and flag does not like that yeah that's kind of what it seemed like um yeah i mean in roland he had kind of had somebody that he could manipulate and then suddenly just out of chance right like out of the three women that he could have chosen to marry, he ended up marrying, what was her name? Sasha? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It seems like Flag doesn't like things he can't control. And so Sasha was definitely somebody that he could like. Yeah. But this is where I think that King does something really special with his characters because Sasha was not in the book for very long, but she influenced like so much of the book. Yeah. Like she had like one scene where she talked to Peter and made such an (laughs) indelible impact on him that it guided the rest of his life like gave him the key to getting out of trying to get out of the tower and then actually succeeding in getting out of the tower and um, taught him like all the valuable lessons that he needed in order to be a good King. Yeah. So I will agree that that's cool, but like at the same time that felt, ve- that felt very forced to me. It's like, we're going to have a whole chapter. That's just the mother imparting wisdom upon the child and the child uh, somehow using that conversation to save like win the day like it felt very like well it felt kind of storybookish because it that's, did what, storybook-ish. This, that's yeah. what this is I, well okay so we keep referring to this as traditional fantasy but this is more like fairy tale fantasy okay in a sense like this was based on more fairy tales than like uh traditional fantasy so that that is kind of like a fairy tale you know the, where the... yeah you can rephrase that i i like that i like kind of looking at it like that but so Sasha as a character, we can kind of get behind because she was kind of this unexpected force for good. And she loved King Roland maybe more than he deserved, but she really did. It felt like she had a genuine attraction to him. And, you know, she kind of imparted upon Peter that, like, whatever, as king, whatever you do is right. Um, and so you better choose good things to make right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed that. Quite enjoyed that. It was also interesting to me, like, I kind of was harsher on the world building before, but it was cool to me that, like, we see, like, the king's court participating in, like, this revelry, almost, like, food fighting and burping and, like, what was that about? Like, like, was this, like, a Viking society? And, I mean, and she was kind of coming in from outside and teaching Peter some manners, like, but by manners, it's just, like, don't be a pig. Yeah, use a napkin. Yeah, I don't know. I think that... Um, it kind of was showing the way I took it was that Flagg was influencing things to try and descend into chaos and he was kind of doing that slowly by like working his way out through the king's inner circle because it didn't really seem like the rest of the society was like that you know it seemed like every, right. everybody else we met like the butlers like the dentists, and like everybody else kind of had their stuff together like the, the judge like everybody was seemed normal they didn't seem like they are yeah Yeah. so i took it that flag was starting from the inner circle and trying to like corrupt and like and just not not even corrupt but like just dehumanize people and and sasha was a force against that okay that's fair okay i can i can see that it was kind of sad to see how she died like that was pretty messed up especially because like it gave Oh, what's the what's the second son's name? Uh, Thomas. Thomas, like such a, you know, like made him feel terrible and kind of like caused King Roland to not like Thomas as much. I don't know if that that. Yeah, that was sad. It was very sad. Yeah. the The other thing I liked about the mother about Sasha before I move on was that she kept like childhood innocence alive in Peter, like everything from going from playing with the dollhouse to. The way that he treated others, I think, imparted a sense of you know innocence to yeah. Peter. I'm gonna say you mentioned the dollhouse. That was, I think, my favorite part of the book. Um, it really was. I think a it it did do a good job of building out the world, kind of like giving this like this almost fantastical thing. It did a good job of uh, defining Queen Sasha as a character, like almost like her relationship with Roland. Like Roland had this made for her but she was kind of already outgrown it, but she still treasured it. Um, And then after she died, like that was the one thing that Roland stuck up to flag about was letting Peter continue to play with the dollhouse. Like I I felt like the whole plot kind of revolved around this, this dollhouse real quick. Was this are Peter and Thomas supposed to be biblical references? That is a good point. I mean, like Peter being the rock upon which like, the kingdom was supposed to be built and then thomas being like doubting thomas throwing that out there king we can add us on twitter if we're onto something <laughs> yeah. if you remember sure. 1987 king you know like uh, what what were you thinking back then all, yeah anyway just an idea so that leads us to the dynamic between peter and thomas did you think that there was a good like brotherly dynamic a good sibling rivalry i'll answer my own question to start i think that it that this showed one of the weak spots of Pete was that he didn't realize how Thomas was being treated and Mm. he could have, for all that he stuck up for a horse or whatever, he he didn't stick up for his own brother. And I think that that was an interesting decision. Yeah. And I mean, I can only speak from personal experience of being the favored Uh, brother. Yeah. We do have other siblings, but I'm obviously the favorite twin. So I would, I could relate to that. You know, I'm just kidding. I think that the thing is, Peter did try to kind of bring him under his wing. Like, especially with the wine. Like, I bring my my father wine. Would you please join me? You know what I mean? Like, so it's not like he didn't try, but he he also didn't try as hard as he did yet. Like for a random horse. But he, he tried in like the sense that he didn't completely ignore his brother in like a jerky way. But he also didn't realize that his brother was in pain and, like, go try and help him. And so I think that that was an interesting character flaw in Peter. Yeah, I think that throughout it all, Peter was kind of unable to look past himself in a lot of ways. He had a good friend in Ben, in Ben Stodd. But he was also maybe unaware of how his association with Ben might've made life harder for him in a lot of ways. And just counting on him coming through and like risking his life for him. Yeah. So I think, yeah, he kind of had a hard time seeing past himself and it kind of goes back to how big of a, I think Peter was a pretty big Mary Sue in the fact that like he, uh, apart from the flaws that we talked about, which were kind of second, like second layer flaws almost like he didn't have any readily apparent flaws. He like, always said the right thing, always acted appropriately, was able to lay the smack down on like this jailer that had been around the block a time or two. Mm -hmm. He, you know, like was able to devise a cunning way of escape with, you know, like he was able to meditate for a week on it. Like all these things, like what prepared him for any of this? You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we don't get to see that really, besides just a few random highlights of him being a good person right in life we don't really get a lot of background on him but again this is kind of like the fairy tale like the hero is a hero why because they're a hero you know and that's kind of what it is with peter too yeah on the flip side was was thomas too bad like did they... he wasn't a bad boy as the ethereal yeah. voice was us <laughs> many times yeah but could you really blame thomas because he he was really ignored by his father. He was obviously not the favorite from like a mother that clearly was capable of loving. He didn't get that love. He wasn't a bad like yeah, again, he wasn't a bad boy, but he just didn't get the nurturing that he needed in order to be a good boy. You know? Yeah. No, I think and that, that was by design though. That's what I think we have to realize, is that Flag like yeah. manipulated it from day one. You know what I mean? Like he saw Peter growing into this stalwart man that wouldn't take flag from flag you know like and so he decided that thomas was going to be the person for him to manipulate so he showed them showed him how to spy on his father he showed him like all these things and it just kind of like he really like from a very young age was kind of led down this dark path so i don't think you can blame him okay yeah and we we see that by the end of the book too not yeah. to get too far ahead of ourselves but so some other like spoiled kings that i that jumped to my mind when i was kind of thinking about spoiled spoiled uh, princes and kings was uh Joffrey and King Prince Regal from Parsier what did you think like how would he rate from like Joffrey Regal like is he nearly as bad as those guys no what what do you think no way but he was a bad king like after he was made king he like made bad decisions and he knew that he like he knew that Peter was innocent, and he didn't really try and do anything. Like it. Okay, that's true. That and is, I true. think he was a bad guy. Like he wasn't just—he didn't—he actively made bad decisions there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I see. I think it was more he allowed bad things to happen to good people, you know. But he wasn't out there poisoning the. But he was out. But even then, he was out there like watching. citizens heads get chopped off like day after day so that like the streets were running blood like ripe with blood and there's a whole resistance building out in the forest like he he wasn't i don't know yeah this was flagged i mean yeah this is definitely a question that king wants you to consider during this book Is like what's the culpability of this character you know like say you've been raised from the time you're young by this psychopathic dude who's intent on destroying the kingdom like What's your culpability when you know when the kingdom starts being destroyed yeah I think that's a good question yeah okay um we're gonna kind of speed speed through some of these other plot points so the plans to get Peter in the tower I mean it was bad right like you just kind of casually murdered Roland and then like King Roland and then kind of made it so that it looked like Peter did it yeah like Where's Peter gonna get a poison that can friggin' cook somebody from the inside? Yeah, you don't think that that would immediately be suspicious to the king's sorcerer? Yeah, exactly. Kind of weird. And and then I'm not buying it. And then the only reason why he's convicted is because he starts crying. Yeah. After like losing his dad, he's like emotionally traumatized. And the thing is, is that King like understands that this was like a pretty weak thing because later in the book it talks about how uh pina i, I forget how it did pronounce this guy's name pena uh the judge like it talks about how he was like if he would have actually thought about it then he would have realized that this is a, but not only that but like did nobody in the kingdom think that this was weird that's the thing K- kingdoms like citizens of kingdoms are all painted out to be like this mob of hysterical people that just go with the flow. Yeah. You know, of like whatever, whatever flag wants them to believe. So this is what I mean that, that the plot of King's books, like it's never really about the plot. It's, it's very easy to like pull holes in that plan and be like, this was not a great plan because of X, Y, and Z. And then he does it in the same book. And so yeah. I don't know, this was, this was fine for me, but it, it all seemed a little bit, okay, we just want to move the plot line. Yeah, for sure. And plus, I mean, <laughs> then, like, framing him by, like, putting the poison in the box and then putting the box in his hiding place and then having the butler find it. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like mildly, here's a way that we can kind of frame yeah, it. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just like throwing something at the wall and being like, okay, we, we know, like, it's a foregone conclusion that Peter's going to be found guilty of this, yeah. you know, and, like, how are yeah. we going to make that happen? So, moving on to the bulk of the book was Peter chilling out in the tower what did you think of this section? Yeah, again, this is when I think I mentioned it before. This is when Peter really began to be like a Mary Sue for me. Like he suddenly had like this. Well, not suddenly. He meditated for however long and came up with this plan that like brilliantly tied together the only other piece of information that we have from his childhood. I guess I can't stress the important like how annoying it was to have like this Mary Sue character that's just suddenly able to to. So you hated this. that. That was like a big... Yeah. You, you hated that. I, I did not enjoy that. I didn't mind it that much. Uh, I think mainly because it's kind of just a trope. Yeah, but like, who's not going to notice this guy sitting at a, you know, a like room. a dollhouse for hours on end, just like making something like, like to getting this rope? He's not going to notice that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You might just think he's hunched over in the corner and he made sure to... Again, like this, it's not meant to be it's it's kind of meant to be a fairy tale. Like, yeah. you don't question why, you know, Cinderella is the only foot that fits in this little yeah. slipper. Like, it's just, okay, yeah, that's what it does. That's the plot device. Or why that also didn't turn into a pumpkin at midnight. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. If we explain everything away as it should be a fairy tale, then I guess it, we can do that. It's not just that, but I don't know. I just didn't hate the, that part of the book because I thought it was and it had enough interesting things happen along with like him kind of winning over the jailers, him finding yeah, out the history about yeah, this is, Delane with like the, Oh, the guy who, who the King that was like a few hundred years old. That was, I was going to ask if you thought that connected to any other elements of like King books or anything? I I mean, it, it might, it didn't pop out to me. I thought it was super, super amazing foreshadowing because it was like, Hold this in front of his, in front of Flag's eye or something like as you kill him. And then when we get to the end of the book, dude, Flag. I thought Flag was dead, but apparently not. If he's popping up, and yeah. Does he? Does he ever? Do we ever see Myles? eyeless? Eyeless? Uh, no. He he's, well, then what, he's he's like a shapeshifter. He's a shapesh- He's a shapeshifter. He's like go. You can go. You read can't get Blake. your eye shot out and not have that be a part of your character. anymore. He got. Just look at anybody. Okay, spoilers for the stand, if both the TV show and the, uh, uh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just think about the ending of the stand if you've read the stand. Like, do you, I, Did you not watch that last episode? No, I'm like I only watched like three or four episodes. Gosh, I okay. made it to Vegas. Okay, all right. Uh, so that explains <laughs> some things. What about the plan outside of the tower? Like, did did you like that with his friends assembling? Yeah, so I thought that was cool. I mean, like Dennis, Pena and Ben, they they I enjoyed their dynamic. You know what I mean? Like they all kind of had different reasons to love slash support Peter. So I enjoyed them kind of teaming up and they kind of knew at this point that like them doing the these things would like put them in mortal peril, but they were willing to risk it because they knew that they all I guess Ben wasn't as culpable, but, like, they're all... some Like, Dennis was kind of culpable in his punishment because he was the one that, like, found the evidence and Pena was the one that, like, sentenced, sentenced him. him. Yeah, so it was cool. Yeah, I think that it was nice to see the different uh, motivations. Like, Pena, the judge guy, was just out of guilt, mainly, and a sense yeah. of, like, wanting to do the right thing. And Ben was just out of love for his friend. And Dennis... I think, I mean, partly out of guilt, but also partly because he was just a good guy and, like, wanted to do the right thing. And that was his, like, overall thing as a character is he might not have been the smartest, but he always, like, his main purpose was to do the right thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I also enjoyed kind of watching them try and sneak through the the castle, although I didn't really understand the point of that. To be honest, like, the whole escape sequence kind of confused me. I don't know if I listened to it too quickly or something, but... Escaping out of the tower? Yeah. Well, yeah. so we, I mean, we just don't know how to get to that point. Okay. Okay, so we have this group assembling of, like, these people coming together, and they're saying, we're going to do what we can. We don't know what we can do, but we're just going to try and make it back to the tower. Um, we got uh, Ben going back. Ben and Naomi team up with their dog. Yeah, so they're kind of just out... They're forming up a little team to help him, which I think that this was the best part of the book because it shows that even though Peter was very capable, as Ben would call him a Mary Sue, he also like couldn't do it by himself. And if it weren't for his friends and his, if it weren't for his goodness, then he would have failed. He would have just been killed by flag. Yeah. But so it wasn't his, how good he was, like how smart or intelligent or even hardworking, he was. It was the fact that he was a good person that allowed him, that saved his life. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it was um, interesting how, despite being a good person, the kingdom was so ready to like turn on him and like proclaim his guilt. And even like Pena, like, I, I get that being a good person and being a good friend carries some social capital for the people that you're closest to. But, like, it didn't really carry any social capital for the rest of anything else, you know? Well, because how do people know? But it kind of, like, you know, you kind of have these standing characters for society at large. Ben being one of them. The, like, person, the, like, animal person. But it, like, he was uh, another one. Like, I think Dennis. I, I honestly Dennis. think Dennis was a stand-in for somebody that's just trying to be a good person, but is getting sucked along with everything else happening. I think that that's Dennis's character. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think it's kind of an open question about how much uh, of Ben's just like, or of Peter's innate goodness was the reason that he he was rescued. You know, I think that it definitely played a part in it, but it was also sad to see that his innate goodness didn't help him get out of the situation in the first place. Right. That's fair that like did take people realizing how bad things could get in order for him to like the the goodness being taken away from them. Everything goes crazy. You know, people are being guillotined in the street and exile resistance group forming, you know, taxes being raised. Like, what was it? 80% or something. Like just, um, yeah, you know, flag was not, he was not being nice to the kingdom. That is for sure. So, okay. So we get, um, everything building up to the climax, we get Dennis, Naomi, Ben, all making it to the tower. And then somehow Flag is just like, wait, I know what's happening. Right. Yeah. Vision, because of the vision and the two-headed parrot and the crystal ball. So the so this is shows up in the dark tower. So there's like 13, like you said, crystal balls that all have different capabilities. We don't see all, we might see all 13 at some point, but not all 13 are very major roles. But these are important in the Stephen King universe at large. Mm. So I don't want to spoil a lot there, but they're important. Um, so it does make sense that that is like a way that Steve, that flag was able to realize that this was coming. What did you think about Peter's whole rope plan like not working? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of a cool like subversion of expectations. Having said that, to me, it just kind of seemed like a silly plan to begin with. I don't know. So like I almost didn't want it to work because I was like, there's no way he should be able to be getting away with this. So if this is actually how he escapes, it's kind of lame. And I, I did think that it was cool that he, you know, like Stephen King talks about how or I guess uh, Peter thinks about how he kind of applies the lessons that he's learned about how strong the rope is and the tensile strength of the rope. But what he didn't know is that, like, that strength weakens the longer the rope gets. And, like, it kind of shows that the knowledge that he does have is impressive. And and the fact that he's, like, able to hold on to this knowledge throughout his life, you know, like, what prince should really care about this tensile strength of rope? You know what I mean? But, like, the fact that, like, even that knowledge wouldn't have been enough to really do anything because it would have cost him his life in the end. Yeah, I think that was cool. To me, the lesson I took away from it is that you can try your hardest in life and you can think that you're doing a good job and you still look up a flag about to... About to kill you or yeah. or you don't even... Like, you need other people even if you think you can go at it alone. And I'm torn. I mean, the thing was is that there's so much foreshadowing that this wasn't going to work, right? Like, all the time King would say implied that he was going to be falling or implied that there's no way that he was going to be able. Yeah, pull it off. And so, okay, and so he obviously falls, but he falls into the crate of, or um, the, like, wagon of the napkins. Is that right? They, yeah, they had unloaded all the napkins, I think, into the snowbank. I think that they were unloading them. Or did they just get the crate under there?
1: Yeah, he fell into the was
0: was But was it his friends that did that? Yeah. Okay, so they yeah, were, yeah. like, cushioning his fall. Yeah. I didn't know if they were just, like, ha- it was a happy circumstance, though. No, no, no. They, okay. like, went and got all the all the napkins and stacked it up so okay well. well that's good to hear that's good to know. yeah man <laughs> i can't assume but like it happened pretty fast like it did. all of a sudden he's falling and he falls into like a wagon of napkins. so i'm like okay i guess that's yeah that's the thing that happened yeah and flag just goes like crazy at this point i think that this was when you see really good uh horror writing from stephen king is when flag was coming up the stairs like, counting up the stairs. Yeah, that was intense. Killing, you know, just, like, chopping down guards left and right. You know, making his way up. You know Peter's going to, like, be falling because King had just said that the, like, tensile strength of the rope wasn't going to be good enough to hold him. So, you didn't know if he was going to fall first or if Flag was going to get up there first or, if, you know, some other thing was going to happen. Nothing good is going to come, the sequence, you know, yeah. like, especially with the chapter switching. Like, oh, it was good. It was good. It was definitely a suspenseful part. Yeah, and that's what I think. Stephen King, as a horror writer, like getting back to his roots of like just putting you on the edge of your seat and like worried for your character, it's living or dying. It really shines throughout that portion of the book and throughout the climax. Okay, but then so obviously our main character escapes, and then it's kind of weird because the book doesn't just end, right? No, so they go and they actually get resolution. They go and they. And you get a redemption arc from Thomas. Did you think that this book needed a redemption arc for Thomas? I'm glad that... I don't think it needed it, but I'm glad that it happened. Okay. Because you know? like I said, I don't think that... I think Thomas was dealt... Not even dealt. He was given a very crappy hand. You you know, like somebody rigged the deck and gave him the crappy hand. You know? So I, I was happy that he was able to serve some type of... Give some of it back. Yeah. I agree. I thought it was really cool that Thomas was the one that came in and, and did flag because I I don't think Peter deserved to undo flag because Peter never fought against flag, really. he yeah, he never really like had anything to do with him. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool foreshadowing of uh, King Roland sl- like shooting the dragon, right? right? Yeah. And that was like his one somewhat brave moment and kind of defined his whole kingship. And then we have Thomas doing essentially the same thing. Yeah, I think that's the whole symbolism through the eye of the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that was, that was the only thing we have written down here. What did, what did it deserve the title? Like how much of a role did like, so now we're saying the dragon represents flag. Oh yeah. That, yeah. I, I think flag definitely represents the dragon. Okay. Gets shot through the eye with the, with the same pendant, hanging on it that the oh yeah that was freaking sick yeah that was some nice foreshadowing i think some of the best character work also came from when thomas was spying on his father roland the first time through the through the eyes of the dragon like the king's like roland is like picking his nose and like it just kind of gives you this weird like you feel like you're right there with them and that like you're doing something wrong by like spying and Uh it just kind of makes you feel really icky and uh, yeah, I so I thought that was, that was some really good good character work there. I didn't that that's some great building blocks for the entire Thomas going through his entire arc, you know, starting off at that low point and then you know going even lower until he saw it within himself that he could stand up to Flag finally. Yeah. Shot him. That was that was very satisfying. I must say whenever whenever villains are defeated and stephen king books it is very satisfying to see yeah okay so best of the worst yeah worst of the worst of the best worst of the best roll (laughs) worst of the best intro the worst of the best with so many exemplary moments in this book it's almost unfair to nitpick but that's the segment It's the pimple on the princess. The stain on the satin. And the terror before the triumph. The unfortunate portion of an otherwise stellar performance. Someone has to point it out. Yeah, You can go first. Okay. My worst of the best is Ben. Okay. So here's the thing. I thought that their friendship needed more than just them participating in a, being tied together in a leg race. I thought that was kind of flimsy. I thought that they, the only reason why they were, why you thought that they were good friends is because you were told that they were good friends. But then Ben is like getting beaten up for this guy. He's like risking his life. He's like risking the family farm. He's, you know, willing to do all these things for for peter and i'm just not sure that was deserved now i think that's the best for all the things that we talked about before the fact that like ben kind of represented like all the you know the way that peter was able to win people over by his like charm and his bravery and his goodness i thought that that was needed and that uh, ben was able to exemplify all those things but i just don't think that it was earned quite as much as it should have been i thought that maybe Like, we spent, like, a whole chapter on a horse and, like, a few pages on a leg race between boys. And that was the foundation of the friendship. So I think that was the worst of the best for me. I can see that. I liked Ben's character. I thought it was was well done. But I can see why the friendship itself would need a little bit more. So my worst of the best would be the Exiles storyline. I think that they... That that storyline... Had so much potential to be more than just they pick up one Naomi you know, character from it. Yeah. And I thought that was cool that there's a lot of building to it. That there's going to be like maybe just a whole revolution. revolution. Yeah. yeah. Storm the gates. And yeah, Peter would lead this whole revolution into like get a little, some killing. Some real Star Wars vibes here. You know? Yeah. Or like, yeah, kicking Flag out, you know, like running over the castle. And I don't know. There just seemed to be something building there that we didn't get. I think it would have been um, a nice payoff. Having said that, my favorite part of the book was our little trio of characters. <sighs> trio of characters that we had, I really liked. Um, and Yeah, their dynamic kind of fit together yeah. nicely. So if we would have had somehow both of those, I just think that there was a drop storyline that had potential that we didn't get. Yeah, that's fair. I, I definitely wish that It kind of seemed like there might be setting up for a sequel or something. I don't know. Also, where was Flag traveling like half the time there? He was gone. Was he just like putting out rebellions? Is that part of that exile storyline? I don't know. Yeah. It it almost seemed like to that point, it seemed like King was recognizing that people wouldn't just roll over and take this. And so he was kind of like nodding to that. You know what I mean? Without really wanting to invest in it. Yeah. A little bit um, for you Dark Tower fans. You might remember that there is... A, they do come across uh, Ben and not Ben, that they come across Thomas and Dennis in their journey, just very briefly wow. going out to try and take Flag down. Mm. They, so they make a brief appearance in the Dark Tower, but there is no sequel to Eyes of the Dragon, which I would be very interested in reading a Dennis and Thomas, you know, quest to take out Flag storyline. I yeah. think that there's well, is Peter just not part of the crew anymore. I mean, Peter, I think is just going to be you know in his kingdom. I don't know how much story I've left is to sell of Peter, but I think that. What about Ben? I don't know Peter and Ben. Okay, yeah, they could have a story. Are you going to ship Peter and Ben? I think that they. I think that there are some definite you know undertones there, but I could do it. I think that that the that Thomas and and Dennis going out in their adventure to take out Flag would have would be a really cool story that i would definitely be down for if king decides to write that but why were thomas and dennis friends i mean they weren't really it's just at the end they both wanted they didn't feel like their business with the flag was finished oh yeah well all right thanks for if you listen this far thanks i mean i i think as my first read for in stephen king it wasn't my favorite book that i've read this year at all but i'm excited to pick up so thanks well, jump on Discord, tell Ben what King book you should read. Maybe we should do like a Twitter poll or a Discord poll to make Ben decide which book Ben going read next for King. But uh, thanks, everyone. And uh, remember to follow us on social Twitter and check out our uh, catalog at ventologybooks.com. Make sure you vote on the next sidekick. All right, thanks.